This podcast contains discussions about mental health and may contain discussions about suicide and self-harm. If you or somebody that you know is experiencing distress or is in immediate danger, dial triple O or call Lifeline on 131114 or Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Also, if you believe that someone you love is experiencing a mental health issue, please encourage them to go and talk to their GP as soon as possible. Thanks very much for listening. Hello folks, a uh, big welcome to episode 61 of the Hey Go Mate podcast, Adam's My Name. Uh, uh, again, a big thank you to everybody who listens to the podcast. Um, we continue to be listened to all over the world and it continues to blow my mind. Um, of course, this last few weeks we've been listened to uh, all over all over Australia. Um, huge listenership here in Sydney, thank, thankfully. Um, but in every state and territory, so we are pretty proud of that, and that's actually uh, really fantastic to to see that the message is spreading so far and so wide. And we've had some incredible feedback since we've uh, restarted the uh, podcast, uh, and and so a big thank you to everyone who's gotten in touch with us and let us know what they thought. Please feel free to DM, let us know what you think, even send us a message, or, or if you've got my number, call me and tell me what you think. I'd really love to hear that feedback. Um, the other thing I need to mention off the top of the podcast is September is Suicide Prevention Month, uh, or Suicide Awareness Month here in in Australia, and uh, with the, on average around about three thousand people dying by suicide every single year. Um, last year it was three thousand three hundred and eighteen, uh, so that equates to about one, <clears throat> about nine a day here in Australia, and um, those are incredibly high numbers. It's actually double the national road toll. Um, here in Australia. So it, it is certainly a conversation that we need to have. And of course, if you know the How You Go Mate story, you know that we uh, founded this initiative in part as a response to the death by suicide of one of my old, one of my oldest friends, Steve Bendai. Um, and so uh, the message is very simple, folks. If you, rather than, um, rather than encourage somebody to go and seek support, uh, rather than say to somebody, I'm here if you need me, or I'm only a phone call away, or don't be afraid to ask for help, uh, please, if you if you know someone, and I think in this current climate we do we all know somebody who's probably doing it tough. You know, check in on your mates, give them a, send them a message, give them a phone call. Uh, rather than say I'm, I'm only a phone call away, um, pick up the phone and make the phone call, and um, and just ask them how you going, mate, how's things, and um, and see and and if you can offer support, see what support you can offer that person because uh, I think I think pretty much everyone would know probably a handful of people that actually need it right now. So um, that's just me on my soapbox, and I and I'm, thank you so much for listening to that. But um, before we, without further ado, let's introduce our, our guest for this episode. Um, I had the the honour of meeting Matt. Uh, Matt Kirby is our guest for this episode, and I had the honour of meeting Matt uh, a few years back now. Um, Matt is an old friend of my wife, Barbie, who you've heard on previous episodes of the podcast, and um, Matt and Barbie have known each other for over 20 years. And I had the pleasure of meeting Matt a few years ago. Matt is a cancer survivor. He's a young father, youngish father, um, about the same age as me, so that's young, in my mind, <laughs> at least. Uh, a youngish, a man with a young family, um, a wife who loves him very much, and as you'll hear in the episode, she really loves him. 
Um, but he, he was diagnosed with cancer a number of years ago now and has had a couple of bouts of, um, of cancer, um, including lung cancer and bowel cancer, and um, is currently in remission, I'm happy to say. But we talk in this episode about the, the, the impact that that had on um, Matt's mental health, um, some of the incidents that happened, including a, a bit of a, a, a crisis point for him. Um, he's uh, the revelation that was counselling and, and going and talking to somebody about what was going on and really understanding um, exactly what his mental health looked like and, and how it was being impacted by not only his, his cancer diagnosis but his previous life um, and all the, the things that had happened to him, I guess, in his life. And so I, I guess, um, you know, the thing is, is, and we don't talk about it and I'm not going to say where it, what industry he works in, but he works in a fairly sort of male-dominated industry, fairly hyper-masculine industry, and um, and we sort of see in, in some of those industries that are pretty masculine that help seeking is is pretty well discouraged and and pretty well frowned upon, um, and and really to be able to break free of that mould and stand up and ask for help is is a really important and is a really significant thing. So um, kudos to Matt for doing it. We want people to listen to this. So if you're out there listening to this and you're hearing Matt's story and it sounds like something that you are experiencing yourself either personally or you know somebody that's experiencing that if someone asks you do you need help do you need support please accept that support and if you think you know someone that needs support offer them that support and if they accept it great and if they don't just be there for the time that they will accept it Um, but as always um, don't forget to go out and ask someone the question yourself as we said earlier on go out and, and check in on the people that you love people that you care about people you think might be doing it tough and Without uh, without any more fluff, let's uh, let's ask Matt the question. Matt, how you going, mate? I'm well. I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm going really well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was well earlier in the week. I was a bit sort of oh, a bit how how you going, but got good news yesterday, and yeah, I. Uh, what was I'm it? Good now. What was it? Now, actually, we'll get to the good news in a second. We should probably fill people in and and you're a, a long time friend of barb and everyone that's listened yes. knows who barb is so she you know yes. my wife and the other part of how you're going mate um yeah so that's how we're connected to each other but um yeah. i guess well i'll leave it up to you to tell people a little bit of your story what give us give oh. us the matt story <laughs> well and that sounds odd <laughs> <laughs> well I, I was always a sort of a happy-go-lucky bloke. And then back on, I'd been having issues around oh, sort of mid-2016. I started having issues and like health issues. Mm. And we went overseas. I discovered there that there was a really big issue when we were in Los Angeles. Oh. I said to the wife, I you know, my good wife, um, Liz, I said to her, I've got to go and see a doctor when we get home. She said, yep. And um, needless to say, started the process on the 9th of December 2016. I got diagnosed with bowel cancer. Right. They found a 30, um, was about a 35-millimeter tumour um up my backside, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, needless to say, I was, you know, 42 years old, and I'd burst into tears. I, 
I, I never cry about much at all. I, you know, I'm not the sort of person at a funeral or anything who cries, but I just burst into tears. Here I was, I was, um, I, I wasn't long married. I'm not long married, and Liz is my childhood sweetheart. Mm. We'd not, we'd only been married probably a couple of years at that stage, probably two and a half years, mm. and you know, I was planning on growing old together with her. I was, I, we, we had. Um, my son, or our son, and uh, Liz had already brought um, two boys from a previous marriage. Um, so we were a, we were a happy family, and um, yeah, William William was my, my our son. He was um, oh, how old was he then? Twenty sixteen. He was five, and yeah, just just hit us like a ton of bricks. So it was a Friday morning and just hit us like a ton of bricks. And he's the this the well the doctor at the time said, "Mate, we're going to get you the best of health. You're in private health." And I said, "Yep." yep. And he's going to get you the best of health. I was straight away whizzed off for scans. December was a blur. January become a blur. Mm. Um, I live in you know a regional area in New South Wales, like in. Outside of Sydney, about two hours outside of Sydney. Yeah. Um. You know, we we were running backwards and forwards to Sydney. My, my specialists were in RPA, and you know the Chris O'Brien Lifehouse. We were running backwards and forwards to there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many. We were just clocking up kilometres. Both our cars were just clocking up k's. We yeah. were. We were friendly with the fuel companies at that time. <laughs> pity, pity, um, the, pity the, like, a frequent flyers discount. Oh, mate, it would have been so handy at the time, let me tell you. Um, and then they would trial a different way of doing things. They said, we're going to zap you into radiation. So mm. I, 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 I work shift work. I... Um, and basically, I got put on a permanent afternoon shift to accommodate. My boss was, at the time, he was very, he was understanding of what happened. He said, he said, here, we're going to work around this. And I said, well, you know, my appointments are at 9.30 in the morning in um, in the life house. Hmm. So I'd get in the car of the morning around 6.30 in the morning. I'd drive all the way into Sydney into, into the life house. I'd lay in the machine for 15 minutes, get me bum zapped, and then get, jump the car again and drive back home. I had 20, 28 sessions of, of radiotherapy. So I was driving backwards and forwards every day from um, from home in Goulburn up to Sydney, back home, do an afternoon shift, repeat. And that was five days a week for five weeks. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah needless I got about three and a half weeks, three and a half, four weeks in, and I just said, I can't do this anymore. I'm tired. I'm tired. We were, and I ended up I ended up going off work. A few months later I went in for you know, for the for the big um for the big op. Mm-hmm. Three months off work. Um, just sat here for three months. I had mates calling around probably every few days. Mm. Um and about that point, um, they did say, this is going to be hard. This is going to be one of the hardest things you'll ever do in your life. Mm. I'd sit there 
of a day, you know, mum and dad were always coming around checking on me. They fortunate they lived nearby. They lived about twenty minutes away. Yeah. Um, I was um, mates would call around, you know. I got mates who were tradies and that. They call around during the day, see how I was, and phone calls and that. But there was a lot of time you're on your own, and you're sort of sitting there going. And I was in a lot of pain. I was, I was in, I was in a heap of pain. Mm. Um, I just couldn't get comfortable. I couldn't drive. I wasn't allowed to drive for six weeks. And you just sit there, just contemplating, why me? What happened? What? Why did this happen to me? What? What have I done wrong? Did I? You know, it just you, you start having these thoughts. You, yeah, yeah. You, 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 you honestly, you've got time to yourself. I, I'm very. I'm, I'm very much into my, um, I've got a couple of hobbies, one of them being um, I'm right into my radio, so I've been into um, amateur radio, scanners, shortwave, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Since I was eight years old, and I thought, yeah, good time to get on top of that. And you just sit there some days just going, I can't bother. I'll mm. just sit on a lounge here and I'll just sit here and just do nothing and that's when the thoughts start ticking in you know and um yeah it was just it was just a bizarre time the the doctor at my surgeon in sydney said i want you to have till november off i got operated on the may and he said i want you to have till november off and i just said i can't do this can't do six months Six months, mate. I said I can't afford it. I've got I've got a mortgage. I've got we're paying off cars. You know we, you know we we got bills. He said, "Oh, we, you know, it, 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 it'd be in your best interest in recovery." And I said, "I understand that, but I need something in my life to keep me keep my mind ticking over." You know, and he goes, "Oh yeah, well, there's stuff here." I said, "It's not like that, mate." I said, "I just can't afford it. I can't afford to have six months off." Hmm. Probably in hindsight, maybe not going back at three months might have been a great idea because it did affect my recovery. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as it turned out, I didn't have time to. Things weren't healing as quick as they'd like, mm. and I went back twice um, to basically be reconnected. And one of the things I did end up with out of that opera that initial operation, I ended up with a with an ostomy bag. Yeah. Now um yeah. No, <laughs> well, what we should do is say, if you got a weak stomach, maybe skip forward a couple of minutes here. Just just yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I, I'm happy to. I'm happy to. Talk, I know what you're talking about because I've actually had clients that have had them, so I've, I've, I'm really yeah. familiar with what you're talking about. So yeah, I'm happy no, for you no, to talk no. about it. No, no, no. That's under, okay. I won't go until too far in, or <laughs> but that was another barrier, you know, because you're sitting there and you got this thing hanging off you all the time, and you're just yeah. looking at it, going, "Oh yeah." And it, the first week or so, you're looking at it, going, "Oh yeah, this is it's a novelty." Yeah. And then after that, you're just going, I just want this thing gone. I hate it. I hate it. And I had issues with it. You know, they, you, you, you obviously understand them. They, yeah. Well, you know about them. They fall off. They don't stick properly. There's issues. Yeah. And it's not good. But anyway, yeah. when I went back twice um, and then I'd wake up 
you know, they go, yep, yep, you should be right, should be right, everything's looking good, you go under, you wake up, and here it still was. And you go, oh, yeah. And so, then, so they essentially, like, basically bypass your bowel, so you're not you're not using yeah. your rectum anymore to, 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 to toilet. The Yes. The, the, your feces and everything's coming out into this ileostomy bag and the, basically yeah, sits on the side of your stomach. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's there, and I can remember being at work and <laughs> the plate fell off and oh. I just... <laughs> I didn't realize for probably about half an hour and I've just gone... Oh, no. And you couldn't... It's funny, you can't... It's not the right. It's not the same smell like you're thinking, and you just go, "What's that smell? It's not right." Yeah. Anyway, mm. <laughs> is that me? I ended up. I work. I work about twenty five minutes from home. There was a very, very quick trip back home to have a share, and yeah. Anyway, clean yourself so, back up again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then back into work again. You know, so yeah. it was a very, very rapid trip. But anyway, I um. And how long did you have that on for? How long was that part of? Ah, uh, 10 months. So, long time. I'm lucky because there are people that, and I've and I've got a mate um, who I only come to know where I'm in the, um, I'm in a, um, in the rural fire service. Yep. And I have been for, oh, I started back, I started in there in around 2007. So I think I'm up to, yeah. Uh, 14 years, mm-hmm. you know, and I've been, I've been to the top of, um, been to, you know, I've started out as a, basically a firefighter, I've been all the way to captain and I'm back down as a firefighter again, you know, just, mm. just I've changed brigades a couple of times too, so, mm. um, I actually met him, um, um, he was in a neighbouring brigade, but we worked closely together, and I actually met him because he found out that I had one too, and we used to talk about, you know, that it's, I know it's a sick subject, it's a bit of a disgusting subject. No, we used to talk about it because that's, you know, um, sometimes he'd run out of, you know, plates and bags and that, and he'd come around, oh, have you got any? I said, yeah, I've got heaps, mate. I'd stop all. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably order way too much. And, yeah. You know, but he's he still has one today. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's been five years or four, four, four and a half years since I've had one. Yeah. And he's he'll have one for life. He's He, he had a fairly um, – he was involved in a fairly major – um, oh, mishap, I suppose, at work. Um, he he worked at a hospital. He had ish, he had a um, basically, yeah, he got stomped, and yeah, they basically said that's it. You've got it for the rest of your life. So yeah. he's he's got to live with. It. He he lives with that, and he continues to live with it. Um, but he's. Yeah, he's he, he was he helped me a lot in those early days, you know. I mean I could talk to people, you know, they always give you the phone numbers and you could talk to people and I met I met some people down here too, um, some of the local nurses. Um the um what are the nurses? The oh, the area like the area nurses, they come around your home and all that. Yeah. I met I knew, I knew one of them through my connections through the RFS and she 
she said, oh, anytime you need help, you know, just yell out. I'm always happy to help you and that. And um, it, it was just one of those things. Um, yeah, you, you, the, the RFS in that sense helped me, through the connections through the RFS helped me in that that area. It's funny how things work. But uh, she, um, yeah, I, I, I went on from there. I had it for 10 months uh, after the third attempt of trying to get rid of it. And it was probably between the second and the third where I had a bit of a, the mental, the, I, I suppose the disappointment of not being rejoined to come back to normal again mm. was just, had been building up and up and up. You know, you go in the first time, you're all excited. Um, oh, this is it, I'm done, you know, I'm finished. Yeah. And then to wake up and it's still there, then the second time you're not so excited but you're hoping that this is it. Oh, yeah, nah, it's still not right. And it was between the second and third time where, um, yeah, one night I'd just, I'd, I'd had enough. And, yeah, basically I flipped out. We'll get by this Robert. We'll come. To the, the interesting thing, just to circle back for one second, the going back yeah. to the what you were sort of talking about with the guy. I mean, one of the things I think we talk about this all the time. Yep. That happens when when you have any well, what I would call a peculiar diagnosis. You know, there, there's not a lot of people out there that. I mean, I'm sure there'll be people will Google ileostomy bag and understand what it is now, but there's not a yep. lot of people that have them. So, you nah. know, to, to meet somebody who, you know, obviously hasn't had exactly the same journey as you, but but nah. understands what it feels like to have this thing attached and understands, like, I could hit, I can sit here and go, mate, that'd be awful, and I've dealt with a client that had one of those things and it, you know, yes. would have been really tough for him. You know, I've had to help yeah. him with that, you know. That was bad, like, bad enough, you know, for lack of a better term. Um, yeah. But for someone else to actually go... Matt, I know how you feel because I have one too. The, I yes. share that experience. I mean, you know yeah. that that's. I mean, that's that's helpful. We we know that that's you know that connection being able to and as you say in a rural community here in the city in the suburbs, you might yeah. meet somebody. But in a rural community, it's like, okay, cool. There's another another one of me. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's it's it's. It, as I said, it was just strange. You know, you're all thinking. I'm on my own, you know, like there's there's no one. I'm in, I'm out I'm two hours I'm a two hour drive from Sydney, surely no one. And then mm. one day we're fighting a fire on the side of the highway with we're, we're, we're doing a truck fire and he goes he go he come up and you see you go mate and I said, Yeah, good mate, you know. And um he said, Oh look, I hear you've you know, and we just started talking, I said, Yeah, yeah, yeah and he goes, Oh yeah, I've had one for years and I went, Oh, Mm. I said, "How do you find it?" And we just started talking about it yeah. on the side of, sort of the, you know, the, the highway. <laughs> sort of the highway, fight the fire. Yeah, you know, um, we're having a bit of a rest, and we just started talking about it. Being a lost me bag, and it was just yeah. bizarre. And anyway, as I said, I've been mates with him ever since, and we yeah. still talk. We 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 still, um, we still have. You know, a common bond. He's he's still got ongoing health issues. The poor the poor bloke. He's he's 
he um he, he he's just been he, he's been in and out of hospital recently actually and um but we ring him up and I'll give him a bit of curry and that he's um, <laughs> he's a bit he's a bit blunt with the way he deals with some things he likes to um <laughs> he likes to use that choice four letter word start with F. <laughs> um, it's one of my favourites. Yeah, we both like it. We're on our best behaviour today, but we both yeah, like yeah, it. Let's okay, be honest. I know. <laughs> I've kept it clean, but um, yeah, and it ends in E, and then obviously idiot. He just <laughs> so much so in me phone. I've got his name as um, I've got his name, and then I've got the uh, his favourite saying in the middle of it. So yeah, of course when Terry uh, likes to announce he's calling. Um, <laughs> It's embarrassing if you're in public, let's put it that way. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He's just, he's famous for saying it. Everyone just says, oh, he's at it again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And everyone, if he doesn't like what someone's done, he just calls them this name, this, this two-worded name to everyone. And yeah. he worked in... He worked in retail there for a while. <laughs> I, just said, I said, "You're as blunt." I said, "You're as blunt as a um, blunt as a piece of wood." And he goes, "Oh yeah, yeah." And I said, "You would have." I said, "You would have had complaints all the time." And he goes, "Oh, I don't care. You know, I'm all right." Yeah. <laughs> I just said, "I don't care." They're a pack of you know, and I just said, "Yeah, right, mate." Right. You know. Oh, mate, he's just, he's just, he's just one of these blokes, fair dinkum. He's a unique human being. But again, you know what, he's the guy you need in your life. And I'm sure, um, I'd imagine there'd be times where, you know, you're probably feeling sorry for yourself. You ring him up and he goes, you know, pull your head in. He does. Yeah. He does. He's, he's, um, yeah, he's, he's like that. He just, um, yeah, he's just. He, he's like that. He he does cheer you up. He's he he is down in the dumps at the moment. I actually am here to ring him and just you know give him a bit of bit of curry, so to speak, and um, try and cheer him up a bit. I think sometimes he thinks the world doesn't remember him. I mean, we all we all think about him. We we do we do tend to go for. There's a few of us, you know, in. Um, in these local brigades, and we try and catch up regularly um, for coffee mm. and just to sit down and chew the fat. We don't talk about anything in particular, but it always seems to come back to jobs that we've been on and that, mm. or just just garbage or whinging about the world or something like yeah, that. Yeah. It's a good – I make a point of it, actually, trying – given I'm on the shift work, you know, it doesn't always work out, but – we usually try and go down there of a oh, about one of the local one of the local cafes around town. We 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 go to the same one and we try and get down there around ten o'clock and we usually chew the fat for a couple of hours and we I think we try and fix the world one one problem at a time. You know? <laughs> one of those sort of constructive things. It made it and we been... Yeah. No, go on. Sorry. Um yeah, we've been doing that for a probably 
Yeah, probably been doing that about five, five or so years, you know, like just since my cancer journey, I had a, I had a good mate, and it was only by chance that I got invited to. The, it started off me doing this coffee thing by being invited by these bunch of old blades, you know, that I, I highly respect. I actually lost one of them uh, to cancer. He, uh, he had, he had a um, lung cancer. And I actually lost him, and I I really looked up to this guy. He was a he was a group captain in um in our local area, and hmm. um I I looked up to this guy. We we had similar interests. We're into radios. Um, he'd been he'd been employed in a um government agency that I was previously employed in, um, and he. He, um, he, yeah, I re- we had a lot in common, and we started talking a bit, you know, on the fire, on the fire ground. It started there, and then we started catching up. And then when he got the diagnosis, you know, I started ringing him regularly. He couldn't always make coffee, you know, he wasn't feeling the best, and he'd get down there where he could. And then, oh, probably about a month, you know, we'd caught up for coffee about. About five weeks before he passed, and um, yeah, this this you know, I was I was devastated because I was in my can- I, I was in my, my uh, cancer journey at the time, and he um, he um, yeah, he it, 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 that rocked me. That that really yeah. that really rocked me. And to this day, I still see his widow. Around, um, he was highly respected. He'd been he'd been in the RFS for a long time, mm. and he was also quite well known in this in this other agency that he, uh, that he was tied up with. Mm. And um, he's like, I've been to some big funerals in down here in Goulburn, mm. and he. It was one of the biggest funerals I've ever been to. There was people everywhere, and there was we were all, you know, all the various agencies were all there. Everyone knew, everyone knew Robbie. He was he was a really, mm. yeah, but uh, yeah, it was one of those. I suppose at the time, given what I was, where I where I was at myself, mm. and yeah, to lose him to that dreaded sea, it was just. It was just it will it sort of threw you sideways a bit. No, I think that contributed to what happened that 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 Saturday night, you know, which I'll get to. So yeah, I mean that well, that's an interesting one, and we could probably kind of get there. So I mean, I guess what you're looking at, and just to kind of um, summarise it, but you know, as you say, you never really had any reasons, you know, no issues, happy-go-lucky guy. You get this cancer diagnosis. You've got this, you know, yep. relentless treatment regime, which needs to happen. Yep. But you know, it happened. You know, it's yep. still bloody tough. Um, it is. And you, you know, as you said, and we said last week, and and, and, and I mean, so people are clear. You know, you're getting up at like five thirty, six o'clock in the morning, traveling yep. all the way to Sydney, getting radiation yep. treatment, traveling home, working yep. an afternoon shift, going to bed at ten thirty at night. And then yes. getting up the next day and doing it all again, and you do this yeah, for yep. three or four weeks before you even go. Hey, you know what? I need to have a couple of weeks off just to do the last couple of weeks. Yep. I, I need to yep. get this done. 
and then in yeah. the midst of all of this, you you know you and again, you know I don't I I, I always say to people I can empathise I can I, I believe that I can empathise with you and say look I can understand, but I don't know how that feels and I don't think many people listening hopefully uh, won't know, but that's, you're getting to a point where you've lost a, another person you really respect your cancer, you've you've gone through all this stuff, and you get to a point where. And as you say, you, we touched on this a couple of times, so it's probably worth going there now. You get to a point yep. where you're sitting there on your own with these thoughts in your head, and what happens? Mate, it was a Saturday afternoon. Um, I, I, I wanted to go to a mate's place, like a good a good mate of mine, and I met him. I've known him a long time. I pretty much met met him. Um, not long after I moved here, I, I moved down here in 2000, towards the end of 2004, and I met him not long after I moved down here. Mm. And him and I were always drinking buddies, and, you know, we, we'd get together regularly. We wouldn't go to the pub much. We'd just either go and sit on each other's lounges and have a few beers, usually watch the footy, chew fat, talk, talk whatever. And he was, he, he, he's a straight shooter. He, he really is. He grew up in the, he grew up on a farm um, about 40 k's, 40 k's out of town, mm-hmm. and he he he's always a straight shooter. He'll put you right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we we enjoyed a beer. I I I wanted to go down there and just have a few beers with him, and just anyway, um, my wife didn't want to go. She just wanted to stay home and. I didn't realise how much of a bad place I was in at the time, but I just started. I just went out the back veranda. I, I had the shits. I, 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 I didn't want to be sitting at home. I had the shits. I just went sat out the back veranda. I just grabbed a radio and just sat there listening to it. Mm. And I just drank myself stupid. I honestly, I drank. I, I, I just went. I just kept going through, through stubbies. I was just drinking and drinking and drinking and. I'm, got to a stage it was getting late and you know i sort of been i don't it sort of went into a blur of, you know I, I remember yelling out i'd been out of trouble with my neighbor over the back fence and over a over a bit of a local issue and he was marking on me a bit to the council about a bit of structure i'd built and i was calling him some choice words <laughs> over the fence that you know Around midnight on the Saturday night, mm. um, and yeah, my wife said to me, "Come inside. It's time to come inside. You're yelling out stuff, and you know you've been been an idiot." And I come inside, and I just I, I, was, I was three sheets of the wind. You know, I was falling in a state school. <laughs> we, we 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 guessed Fullerton State School. I love that one. That's one of my favourite. <laughs> the um, we we guessed we estimated last week. What did twenty twenty two beers in at this point uh, after a, oh, in, about, in about a six hour period? Oh yeah, about twenty two beers. I'd I'd drained. I wasn't too far off the carton. If I had twenty two beers, I'd be asleep. Yeah, <laughs> oh, no. I should have been asleep. That would have been. Probably would have sold everything, but no, I was yeah. I was fired up. Um, I come inside, I started. Um, we had a few things on the bench. I just started throwing things off the bench. Um, 
the kids were trying to the kids were trying to have words to me. I was choke. I was ready to choke them. Um, the wife was having a go at me. I was, you know, yelling back at her. I was ready to, I was ready to jump the car and take, take me young bloke. Like, you know, um, I was ready to take him to mum and dad. So they, they, that time they were living up the other end of town. Mm. I was going to get in the car and drive. I was going to throw me young bloke in the car. Right straight to mum and dad's, and I'd had enough. I was ready to walk out the horse. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd, um, my wife ended up ringing my mum and saying, You either come pick him up or I'm ringing the cops. So I could, I, and she came down. I don't, I don't remember much else apart from trying to choke the kids. Um, and then next thing I know, I wake up and I'm sleeping in the spare bed at mum and dad's place, you know, mm. just I wake up and sore head, felt crap mm. and I think mum had a few words to me, she was alright, she was fairly understanding um, yeah, but I got home doesn't matter what age you are, if mum around in the kitchen for mum is still around in the kitchen for mum whether it's 15 yeah. or 45 mate, yeah, look she you know, she was. I'd, I'd, I'd reckon through this journey with you know have, not having mum and dad around. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I put my I put my wife through hell. I reckon mm. you know, mum just do the ups and downs. Mm. Um, but having mum and dad here still has helped a great deal too. I still go to them both and ask them stuff, you know. Mm. I think as you do, you just, I'm, I'm lucky, uh, you know, I've, I've listened to, a, you know, um, I've listened to your podcast and that, and, you know, I understand some people don't have their, you know, having that father figure around, mm. having, having dad around, having mum around. I ask them they're both different things, you know. Yeah. I still... I see. I'm lucky now too. They've moved again, and they're actually living very close to Sailing. They're a couple of minutes away now, and mm. I see. I'm lucky. I see them all the time, and they've been a. They've been a, you know, a shining light. I'm, I'd say without mum and dad and, and my wife, you know, I'd probably I don't know where I'd be now. Mm. I, I, really, I don't. But yeah, having words to mum that morning. Um, and then they dropped me home. Um, yeah, my wife didn't talk to me for a few days and then started to come around and she just said, you need help. Hmm. You, 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 you need help. You, this, you're drinking way too much. Obviously, all this has gotten to you. Hmm. Um, Your drinking's not helping your recovery at all. It's probably, if anything, it's slowing your recovery right down. That's why you keep going in and they won't won't reconnect you. Yeah. So I started I I got in touch. I'm luckily I'm lucky with my employer or we've got, you know, those um oh, the, the employee we're assistant like, program, yeah. Yeah, we got we got that. So I made a phone call and I got onto a, a good counsellor at the time, and um, she she said, 
Oh, yeah. It's a big scrambled egg. We've got to try and unscramble. I said, yep. <laughs> and I, you know what? All those years, I was one of these people, mate, that people would come to me and ask me stuff like, what do you think? You know, or they, you know, I'll try and help them out. Mm. I didn't realise that I was at this point where I was that person who needed the help. I've been this person where people had come to me for all these years, and even from a young age, like, mm. you know, they'd ask me for advice or ask me how, you know, oh, I'm having trouble with this person all that, and I'd give, you know, good advice. And I got to the stage when I was, you know, 40 44 years old, and here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm the one who needs the help. I'm the one who's mm. the mess. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, I'd, and it took a long time. I think, I think we, I think we're in there for uh, 12 sessions or something like that. And yeah. Liz, Liz came along to a few of them to, um, she, the the counselor wanted her to come along to a few of them. I mean, she wanted me on my own for the majority. She wanted me, you know, she wanted me to bring Liz along as well. And she, she agreed. She come along, mm. and I, I, I came out the other side a lot better. I, you know, were basically clear. I started a. I started going to the gym regularly. I was, I was going to the gym nearly every day. Um, I found that help because that just clears your head. Yeah. And I must admit, I've stopped going to the gym again. And I, maybe I need to. Mm. Maybe I need to. I've, I've, you know, I'm not putting on a lot of weight, but I'm certainly not fit like I was. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I reckon it took a good. I reckon it took a good ten months, ten months like twelve sessions. Mm. Um, I reckon it could took a good 10, 11, 10 or eleven months to sort me out, like to straighten me out. And there was so much stuff that I didn't realise. There was, I think we spent a couple of sessions. I'd been having trouble with a guy at work, mm. and. I didn't realise how much of an effect he was having me on. And I don't know what I actually did to him, but we didn't get on. Hmm. And I don't know why. And we'd had arguments. We'd had stand-up arguments at work. Like, no one was there, thank goodness. But it was on a a shift where no one was around. But Hmm. we'd had some pretty... And we'd had a couple of good ones. Hmm. And I'd never been in a position like that. Like... I used to think, oh, yeah, everyone likes me, you know, I'm good, you know, I'm a popular guy. Yeah. And you sort of, you get older and you realise, not oh, everyone likes you. <laughs> they, you can't please everyone. They, no. You, you just can't. I used to have this great, I suppose, great illusion that people, everyone liked me, you know, I was yeah. everyone liked me, but it's only when I got into this job, which I've been in for six years now, and not everyone. Well, I get on better now with the boys than I used to, but mm. oh, there are a few people who I think they roll their eyes at you and sort of go, oh, "Not you again, mate." It's <laughs> a, I think sometimes. Look, not saying you are, but sometimes 
people are just assholes, but sometimes it says more about the other person than it says about you. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it's, it's, you know, this guy's threatened by you or, you know, or whatever it is, you know, but I mean, occasionally you're just a dickhead that nobody likes, but (laughs) most of the time it's that somebody is like threatened by you or or finds you, you know what I mean? I'm sure it is. And I'm sure that's what it was. I mean, maybe I was new. I didn't know the job real well. And, Maybe, maybe it was, maybe, yeah, maybe we just had personality clashes, but, mm. you know, nowadays, the, the, the same fella and I, we get a lot better, we wouldn't say we're best buddies and send each other Christmas cards, but we get a lot better, mm. but, you know, I didn't realise how much of an impact he was having on my life, and I'm, I must have spent a good couple of sessions just trying to unscramble what the issue was between me and him. Mm. And I, I didn't realise how deeply it was affecting me. So, it's it's yeah. interesting as well. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I think a lot of people would walk around in mm. similar situations. And, and yeah. you know, Rafi, who is the... Um, we just put the episode up today, so obviously this will be coming going to air in a few weeks' time. But um, yeah. so Ra- the, in the episode Rafi talks about, Rafi talks about that she, she actually... Um, goes and sees a counsellor once every month, once every couple of months, um, yep. just just to maintain, um, just to because, and and the, the analogy, and you get it, you'll understand it. And we were talking oh. about this, you know, it's like a car. You you keep you you service your car so it keeps running smoothly, and That's right. and rather than wait for the point where something's fallen out or you know something's exploded, <laughs> you you. You know, you you service the car week, you know, month in month out, and it's the same with your brain. You you go in once a month, once every couple of months. You talk to the counsellor. You you know, there's something. It might be something going on that you don't even think is even related to anything, but all of a sudden you go, oh shit, actually that is that is related to this, or that is making me feel this way. Yep, yep, yep. No, I agree. I agree. And funnily enough, once again, um. Yeah, you you gotta you, you you do you do have to service your brain. You've got to take stock. You've got to um you've got to take stock and try and work out. As it is, again, I'm actually had a little minor episode recently. Not anywhere near as bad as the one I've just described, but I realised that there was a problem. I'm actually going back to talk to a different counsellor, the one I had before, who she was brilliant. Mm. Uh, she's no longer around here, so I'm going to see a different guy. Mm-hmm. Turns out that um, um, I've met him in the past, I've met him in the past um, for, for other reasons. Mm. Um, he, um, but yeah, I've got a, you know, I sort of, at least now, I've recognised that there might be an issue. Rather than getting the point where I flicked out like I did that Saturday night, mm-hmm. um, I'm actually going back to try and clear it, clear the head again. I suppose yeah. good way to put it. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah. I did a similar thing. Like you know, um, I always say to people, like, I feel like my my depression was kind of already there in my, my late teens, early twenties, but it didn't. Yeah. rear its head until my early 30s which was yeah. you know when my, my first marriage broke down and then yes. you know when barb and i met we 
you know, I, I was a bit of an ass to start with, to be perfectly honest, and she'll tell you that. Um, yep. And and it was and again, it, it, what you're saying kind of you know resonates with me because it yep. was related to the fact that well, she I'm back in a serious relationship, and the yes. last serious relationship I was in ended really badly, and it yeah. was playing with my head. And I, and I went back and saw the guy that I went and saw the first time, and I said, mate, this is where I'm at. I, I need you to kind of help me wade through this because. Being yes. an asshole to this girl and she doesn't deserve it, and he said, "Right, let's work that out." And so we—that's what we focus on. I probably did two or three sessions with him, and that's all I yeah. needed—just a little, a little tune-up, you know, just a little. Okay, let's just get you, get you thinking differently, or get you thinking back on track, and and that was enough. Yep. But yep. the ability to recognise that and go, okay, no, got to go back and talk to someone. That's yes. excellent. That's awesome. That's the way. Well, yeah, I'm. I did recognise it this time. Last time I didn't because I. I thought, nah, I'm all right, I'm all right, all right. Mm. I didn't realise how quick it was creeping up on me. And then just one night, it's just it was like a light switch. It just went. Yeah. And I just I just went, wow. And when I started getting to hell, and, I, and then, you know, I, was, I went off to counselling and I thought, oh, yeah, two or three sessions, I'll be right. Mm. Right. When I started spelling it all out, I went, I'd walk away just go, fair dinkum, I'm a mess. I'm a dead set mess. <laughs> you know? I didn't realise how 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 much of a mess I was yeah. like. It was bizarre. Yeah. But you know, I came out the other end, you know, clearer, a lot better, you know, almost almost fantastic. And it changed. It changed the way. It changed a lot of my thinking. You know, I used to. I was pretty bad for overthinking things yeah, a lot. Yeah. And when I came out the other end, I just is what it is. You know, I. I was sort of always when I was at work, I was probably going a bit over the top and trying to. You know, complicate things, overthink things, and then. Yeah. When I came out the other end, you know, nearly 12, well, you know, 10, 11 months later, I just thought, it is what it is. <laughs> but Bob, I say that all the time, it is what it is, honey. Bob hates it. What do you mean? I it is? What does that mean? Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah, it is, it's, it's, it's a good saying. You do get people pick it, though. Like, yeah. What does it mean? Well, it is what it is. You just got to accept it for what it is and deal with it. Yeah. yeah. Can't change it. Just yeah. with it. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. It's a good, it's a good saying. It is, it really is. But yeah, yeah, you do get people cracking at you sometimes. You they go, "What sort of saying's that?" Well, <laughs> just it is what it is. Mm. Can't change it. Just live with it. Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. Just you you, it. <laughs> if you can't change it, learn to manage it or, or walk away from it. You know, learn to yep. as you, and as you say, you know, just. Change your thinking around things. Reframe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I did. I I came out. I came out the when I when I was the other end, and people noticed the change, and they go, "You're all right." Like, yeah, fine, great. Mm. It's what it is. Can't change it. Just live with it. Yeah, and look, and it's look to me. It's really interesting. You talk so highly of the counselling experience because, um, you know, we won't. 
you, rural areas, I guess, are, are notorious for that yeah. that stoic male, you know, the tough kind of you know country bloke. We also, you know, we talked, and we won't sort of talk about where you work necessarily, but we we talked that you yeah, you work in a yeah, couple of no, sort of to, very masculine yeah, kind of areas. That. You know, you you've, you've got, um, and so you yes, know, I, yeah, and it's a real, it's interesting when you know, to kind of I guess to think about it from, you know, um, there'd be a bunch of guys out there like you. You know, similar to you going. Yes. I don't want to go and see a counsellor. You know what? What that? That's that's for, that's for pansies. I don't want to go and talk to a bloody counsellor. Um, but you had this great experience with it. Do you do you talk to other guys about that? Do you say to them, "Man, I went and saw a counsellor." Yep. And yep. And and have you have you had guys go? Well, oh, shit! If you can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Um. I'm, I'm open about it. Like, there's a lot of people I think are embarrassed by it mm. and they won't they won't admit they've gone. I know they've gone. Mm. Um, they've said it on the quiet afterwards. Mm. But I'm open about it because... Um, and I was happy to share me, my journey from start to finish. Um with that, I mean, I haven't said anything about, and I'll talk about that later, about my news yesterday. Yeah. But I'm, I've always been open about it. And I, you know, when I did trip up, you know, when I had me big, when I had me big, big night there, I suppose, hmm. I, was op- I was open about it later at the time. I was pretty embarrassed because, you, you know, like it's like just about out on me backstory. Well, I was going to say to, to quote you, yeah, mate. Before, but, to quote you, mate, from earlier on, you look like an effing idiot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, exactly right. But later on, I I talked about it. I just said I I was in a bad way, and I went and got I went and got help, you know. Mm. And people, I think people turned around and went, "Oh, oh, okay," you know. He's and. I've had other guys say on the quiet, you know, oh, I went and saw, who did you go? They they always started with, who did you go and see? And I told them, you know, and they said, yeah, okay. And then a couple of months later, they come up and say, yeah, she's good. And I said, tell me about it. <laughs> Sorted me out. I mean, <laughs> nice sitting on the lounge having a nice cup of green tea or whatever. And she always asks, you know, what sort of tea you put in yeah. And it was, and she always made you feel comfortable and mm. made you open. Well, didn't make you open up. You just opened up. You mm. just, you wanted to get this stuff out on the onto the table so that you could get straightened out and get back on your way again. Mm. And she blokes said to me, "Yeah, she's good. She, or not a few, a couple of blokes said to me, yeah, she's good. Mm. She, she did a." And I think a few others tried to get in and she couldn't take any more cases. She was flat out. But mm. um, it's amazing when you start talking about it, how many people, and you don't want to blab it, you know, you don't want to blab it to everyone, but just in confidence, you know, mm. they're, they're saying in confidence, yeah, like I went and spoke to someone. Mm. And, yeah, I know, mate. Like it's it's a good thing you don't realise how much you need that help till 
you go and do it and then you think, wow, there's things are deeper than I thought. <laughs> it's, yeah, one of those, one of those things. Mate, I, I liken it to... It's a to... good thing. you it, Yep. I liken it yep. to when you're putting a it's, um when you're carrying wild. a big weight and you put the weight down. You know. You're carrying something really yep. heavy and you put it down yep. and that sense of relief you feel when you put that thing down, it's like oh man, thank Absolutely. God I put that down. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. It's a, it is a it's like a big weight off your shoulders. Literally mm. it's a it is a big weight off your shoulders. You finally you can look at things better again. You're not and you tend to, when you've got all those issues going on in your head, apart from the fact you're not sleeping properly, you're not functioning properly, mm. you look at everything and everything just looks, you you, you look at everything and go, oh, that's shit. Everything that's sucks. Shit. Why am I watching this shit? Yeah. Everything sucks. Everything's crap. Mm. You don't want to know about anything. You, you're thinking the worst of everything. And then when you come out, you just go, oh. You know, everything's great. Mm. Everything's great. You sort of, you probably take a little bit of a casual approach on stuff. You just go, mm. oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? But you can look at things a bit better. You, you're not sort of going, oh, this is shit, that's shit, everything's shit. Yeah. Work shit. <laughs> you know? So, Mate, it, it helps, it and, 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 and if more people understood that it helped, it would, it would, you know, more people would be much. And it's not for everyone. Not everyone, as you say, not everyone needs it. But there are people out there. You go, no, yeah, you probably do. Give it a go. I didn't think I'd ever need it, Adam. I didn't think I ever needed it, mate. Mm. I, I was always the last guy to. And I mean, I've, I've, I'm a, I'm a bigger fella, you know. Mm. Um. I got called some pretty good names at school, you know, obviously because of my size. And I just took it on the chin, you know. You you know. Yeah. And then you'd laugh at them at times, you know. Yeah. You know, you'd get used to being called the the fat whatever. Yeah. You know, and... And then people would make jokes. People would call you that. My my name. I was. Um, yeah, fat man. I, I used to cop heaps of crap at school, and you just then you'd turn around and just say people would go to say, "Oh, what? Because I'm a, you know, a fat." And it they go, "What? You know, like yeah. you're calling yourself that? Well, you're going to call it too. Tom was will join in." Yeah. You know, sometimes you'd have a thick skin growing up through school into the 80s, into the early 90s. You'd, you had to have a bit of a thick skin, you know. Mm. I get me young bloke now. He comes home from school. Oh, this kid's teasing me. I'm telling you, get stuffed, mate. Mm. You know, they, they just don't seem to have that sort of resilience like I suppose we had to put up with. And it's not right. We shouldn't have had to put up with stuff like that, but no. you did. Yeah. Because you didn't want to be seen as seen as weak at school. Yeah. You know? One of those things, but... Yeah. Yeah. Now, we, but, we, need, um, we need to get on to your good news. What was your good news? Okay. So, yesterday, I'd been worried for a while, and hence my reason, my... Um, 
I decided to go back and see someone. I thought things weren't going right. I'd been back. Obviously, the cancer journey's finished. I've been through uh, chemo. I've been through and ended up spreading in my lungs, and that's when they decided, we're going to give you chemo. Hmm. And for those poor buggers who have had chemo, I'll understand completely what I'm talking about. Hmm. But when you haven't had chemo, it's the worst thing in the world. People think this COVID craps. <laughs> you know, this is what I say about people with the COVID situation going on at the moment. I thought, try and do six months of chemo or longer. <laughs> you know, I know people who are going through chemo and I know people who have chemo for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And it was the weirdest six months ever. It was the hardest. It was probably the hardest part of the journey mentally mm. as well as physically. And I was going to the gym to to try and keep functioning. But mentally, you're, you're a zombie. You're, you're mm. walking around as a drone all day. You don't know how you're functioning, but you're functioning. Mm. You're doing everything, but everything's a cloud. Mm-hmm. And it's... When you finally finished, I was walking around with this little device hanging around my neck for three days a fortnight. I used to call it the swap and go. And this thing was just hanging around my neck. I'd shower with it, I'd sleep with it, and it was slowly pumping the main chemotherapy drug in, which just was basically poisoning the system, you know, once a fortnight for six months. Anyway... Um, my, I, I, I've got to go every three months or so for blood tests yeah. and my cancer markers ever since chemo have always been a 0.5 and below. Mm. When I went for my last one in May, it was starting to rise. Mm. It was starting to go back up and it got up to 1.2. Mm. Now, mind you, I'd been a 0.5 and below ever since chemo, so that ended in that ended two years ago this month. Mm-hmm. And on my last blood test, it started to rise, and I went, "Oh shit, mm-hmm. here we go again," mm-hmm. you know, and started thinking the worst. I'm thinking it's back, mm-hmm. you know. And I'd 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 been in stage three border and on stage four when when I got my diagnosis in December 2016. He told me then, if you hadn't come and see me now, if you hadn't had this colonoscopy, and I wasn't—I was on the three-month list, so I wasn't due to go into sometime in 2017 mm. for that same colonoscopy. Um, he would have told me, he said, "Get your shit together. Mm. You, 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 you're done. Mm. It was stage four. You weren't coming back. Hmm. So I was stage three, bordering on stage four. Hmm. Um, when I went in May, it started to rise. I went, I don't know if I could do this again. I really don't. Hmm. I don't know if I can do the chemo again. I don't know if I could go through more surgery. You know, I'd already had my lung operated on it. It was spread in my lung. I've, I've got two-thirds of my lung left, hmm. um, which I recovered from really quick. Um, and then the chemo, and luckily I can safely say that I went for another blood test on Thursday and got the marks back yesterday, and I was back to 0.5 below. So yeah. I was happy. I was so relieved. I was, yeah. 
I'm sitting in, I'm sitting down in oncology there yesterday morning, and they're saying point five and low, and I went yes, and I'm doing air, I'm doing air pumps. I'm, I was, I was over the moon, mate. I yeah, really I was. But I when I was talking to you like, I, in the, in the phone call last week, I was, I, I was shit myself. I, yeah. I thought. Where's it going? Where where are we going to be three months later after this other blood test? Where am I going to be now? Is it back? Is it, is things happening? Is you know am I am I going to have to do this all again? And I I can remember I can remember chemo, mate. It was it was the hardest part. I, I know I was having all those thoughts back when I was sitting on my backside mm. in twenty seventeen. Um, you know, why me, why this, why everything, mm. and then leading up to that bad night. Kumo, you just sit there just going, you, you don't know what to think, your, your brain's functioning that slowly. Mm. I was still working, I worked right through. I, I'd only have two days a fortnight off for, while I had the the swap and go hanging around my neck because I was worried if I fell over. That was my therapy. Um, I was so fragile. So I'd just stay at home for um, those two days. I was just, and I didn't go anywhere because I was worried if this stuff smashed. Um, <laughs> it was funny, funny story about having chemo as well. They give you a hazmat skill kit. Oh. <laughs> and they say to you, <laughs> If something happens, even if you you've got to sit down to pee because they're worried about it going everywhere. But if you do have an accident while you're on chemo, you to get this spill kit out and you to clean it up, and then you are to bring the contents of your rubbish back to us for it to be destroyed. Don't put it in the bin; it'll make everyone else sick in your house. Um, yeah, it's to be destroyed by us. Bloody oh, hell! Wow, that has been spill kit. For your wee. Bloody hell. I've never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, no, no I, and they said to me, if you don't use it, can you please bring it back? Because it's very expensive and we'll give it to someone else. And I said, sure. So when I finally rung the bell in um, in August in August 2019, uh, and that, um, when you ring the bell, that's the end of your chemo. You you ring the bell to say, I'm done, I'm finished my chemo. Right. It still took me a couple of months to two or three months to get the chemo out of my system. Mm. Um but yeah, I I gave back to him, I said, Thank you very much for giving me this spill kit, but I'm glad I never had to use it. Mm. And they go, No, oh, no, that's all right, that's all right, no worries. And but yeah, it's you you treat it. Yeah, it's weird. You tr- you've got to treat it as a hazmat incident. You've got to sit down to pee. You've got to clean the toilet all the time for the for your other members of your household because even them being on the toilet or the same toilet as you can make them ill. Like the chemo, it's really really strong. Sounds and like sounds like the world's worst um, world's terrible, worst superpower. It really is, but it saves lives. It saves. Yeah, yeah. It stops that bastard cancer from coming back. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's 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 yucky stuff, but it saves. It's 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 terrible to think that every fortnight you got to walk into this place and you're going to basically poison yourself. Mm. 
to try and kill this bloody thing that's trying to kill you. So, mm. yeah. yeah, it's so, just bizarre, mate. But yeah, now I've got the good, and I'm happy. So officially, now you're sort of so what in in remission. You're sort of that's it. Like you just keep yep. doing these checkups and monitoring those cancer levels. Yep. I'm two years now in remission. I've I've kept. I've just. I, I, I must admit, I've dropped the fitness side of things, and I need to get back to doing that. Mm. But, um, I yeah, I'm two years in remission, and I mean, even my doctor said yesterday, "Mate, you are going so well. I'm really, really pleased for you." He said to come back. He said not many people come back from stage four and do function like you are and to have your levels like you do. He mm. said, "Not many do," and it. You've got to have a tough mind. You've got to be strong. You've got to... I found, I found humour, and in, you've known me a while now, mate. Mm. I, I tend to make I tend to make jokes out of funny... Um, I, mean, I, I tend to make jokes out of every, about every situation. I'm exactly the same. You've probably seen some of my... Yeah. Yeah. And you've got to, you've got to make... You've got to make light... You've got to make light of, of all sorts of things. I've, I've got, it's no secret, I call my my new backside, I call it Ars 2.0. It's new and improved. <laughs> That's how I just, yep. I, I, I could say, oh, why a terrible backside, you know. It's, yep. it's just, I just call it Ars 2.0, mate. It's new and improved. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's new and me. I'm, I'm 47 years old and it's, it's through. It's like it's like a bad episode of one of those um, plastic surgery shows. What are you going to have? I'm going to have a new ass installed. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right, mate. I, I just I, that, that's how I look at it. I've just had a new ass installed. So. Uh, but yeah, I always say to people, drive in, drive out. <laughs> I say to people all the time, if you don't laugh, you cry. Yeah. You know, find the humour, find some way to laugh at it, find somebody. Exactly. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And that's what I do. I just I try to make I try to make I try to make I try to make most things a funny situation. You know the mm. the 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 thing that I had hanging around my neck with Kuma. You know, like um, I got a you know it used to um oh, I forget how big it was. It was about oh. The device was probably around about, oh, about, oh, about twenty centimeters long, mm-hmm. and it used to pump in all by itself. And I've got a, I've got a little thing in my chest called a porta cath, which it used to go in via, mm-hmm. and that's how they administer the, and it goes straight into your heart. It's the quickest way to, uh, to pump it around. So mm-hmm. that's, and I've still got that porta cath today. The the. The doctors asked me to keep it on for a little bit longer just in case we weren't sure what was going to happen in May anywhere. Oh, look, mate, you know, another 12 months. And I said, yeah, that's fine. I said, I'm happy to leave it there for the rest of my life, you know. I, mm. I think it's a good thing. And he goes, yeah, no, no, we, we tend to take it back out. But it's just this tiny little thing, and that's how they that's how they administer it. And surprisingly, you've got no pain. Like, you used to have this special cannula which plugged into it and hmm. they'd stick this patch to your chest and you'd have this thing floating around your neck and I 
you know, they they had some special name for it. I used to just call it Swap and Go, you know. It was like you'd walk in there, they'd fit this thing up to you, you know, like, a, like going to Bunnings and getting a gas bottle, you know, and yeah. you'd try back there a couple of barbecues later. And, oh, there you go. That you makes know, sense. That's why you called it the Swap and Go. Okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's swap. right. Okay, I get so, that now. <laughs> so, no, I'd, I'd have this thing fitted. They, done. You know, I'd go and sit in oncology for, you know, three or four hours on a Tuesday and mm. and then I'd walk out with this thing, you know, around, hanging around my neck, which was administering the main part of the chemo, and I'd walk back in there on the Thursday and they'd take it all back out again. And, you know, I'd, mm. I'd say, yeah, I used to call it swap and go. Mm. So, you know, take, put it on and then take it off two days later and it was done. It was weird sharing with it. It was... Got this thing hanging around your neck a couple of days a week while you mm. shower, and you're always conscious. You're always patting to make sure it's there and everything's okay. And yeah. yeah, it's just bizarre, but yeah, good. My friend, before we I'm go, not have before, yeah, I can imagine. Yes, mate. I'm, I'm happy that's not there anymore. Before we go, um, thank you. Before we go, the <laughs> before we go, yeah. the um, you go to what you in terms of looking after your mental health now. What you go to? What What would you say to people that yeah. this is absolutely what I would what I do to to keep myself on the on the straight and narrow, so to speak? Um, probably now I just um I I tend to find things to keep me busy. I I must admit I need to get back to uh exercise going to the gym or walking or doing stuff like that but i found having been a mechanic for you know best part of 30 years i find now going back to um fixing cars is a welcome distraction Mm -hmm. like to doing my own things i've got a couple of projects on the go i've got my old Mild daily ute, which you know is an AU Falcon, the the best car ever made, as far as I'm concerned. Yep. <laughs> so I just I just say that. Yep. Um, it's my current project, and I'm bringing it back to the road. I've just spent a lot of money, you know, um, buying bits for it to put it back on the road, and that'll sort of become my semi daily again. And then after that, I've got a, I've got an old XP Falcon, which I've owned for 20 years and I've sat there going, yeah, I've got to do something with this car. And I've had people offer me good money for it, but I find switching off and just concentrating on doing my cars um, does that. I've also still got my radios, I'm slowly... I actually switched away from radios for a bit, uh, my radio stuff, but I'm slowly coming back to it, and I'll fiddle with that. I'll just find little hobbies just, just to distract me from the day-to-day sort yeah. of stuff. And I've got, my own, I've got my own study, which is full of radios. Um, you've, you've been here and seen them, yeah. like, you know, what the place, the room's like. Yeah. And that's what I do. I just find little things, those two things, and they've been... Radios have been part of my life since I was eight years old when I 
you know, I'd listen to aircraft and um, I grew up in, um, I grew up in Pitney Point and, you know, on the Georges River there and I had, we'd have the planes flying over my head. Mm-hmm. My dad was involved in the aircraft industry and that's brought, brought me into it and I've always had a love of aviation um, and that's where it started, just fascinated listening to aircraft flying over the top of me and they fly a lot higher than me now but uh listening to that and then it just grew from there i just and that sort of stuff you know distracts me i've got my amateur radio license now so i talk to people um i probably talk a lot of crap most of the time to these said people because i've got mates down here it's just some some people call it elaborate use of a CB, of a CB, um, but yeah, just just those sort of things just to distract me from the the day to day between my cars and the radios. That that keeps me on the straight and narrow. I've got a love. I've got a great love for both, and I want to continue it in the future. The cars one day, the boys will end up with them. You know, many many years to come. Yeah. Um, I've been a car enthusiast for a long time. I used to, I used to go to the V8s when they were at Oran Park and that in Eastern Creek when I was living in Sydney and mm. <laughs> probably drank a lot of beer at both, <laughs> watching them. I, I, I never sort of went to the footy like that. I'd go to the odd game, you know. My, my team's not going very well this year at all, but I still got a love for watching, um, you know, the V8s and that. So yeah. that's where my, my car thing, being a mechanic. But yeah, cars and radios, Does. basically. My friend, I think that's well, a, sure. I think I think that's a good spot to uh, yeah. to finish it up on. Thank you for uh, thank you for sharing no. with us. I appreciate it. Yeah. Any time, Adam. Any time. It was good. It was good to finally get the story out. So um, yeah, you know, appreciate you you doing it. And, but, um, and I'm grateful yeah, was, that you came on and told us. Story out on, as I, yeah, no, anytime, mate. As I said, I've always been open about this journey. I, I hope, and unfortunately, people will go through it. But I just hope no one ever has to go through what I've been through. And it is tough mentally and physically. It's it, it is tough. You've got to be strong. You've got to stay strong. And if you need, if you need the help, just try and recognise the signs and just get help. Get the help. You know, the good thing, good thing about having cancer too, and I'll, I'll, I'll put, the, I'll just put this in closing. There's a lot of help there. They come up to you, and they talk to you. The, the nurses and the, the, the staff that are there to help. Um, and I'm still friends with these people to this day, even. There was a lady at the Life House there, and I'm still friends with her to this day. And I met her when I started my radiotherapy. She was one of the ladies on the on the desk, and um, you know she she looked after admin side of things. And when I still go up there today, I still make a point of going and seeing her because she just she was. She was just remarkable. She helped out, but if they, if you're doing a bit like with with your cancer journey, there's so much help there, and people just want to help you. 
they you you're in there, you feel I'm alone. People just want to help. I I sort of thought at the time I was a bit naive about it. I thought I'll be right, you know. Mm. And they come and talk to you, but there is help there. There is always help there. They and they people want to help you. Um, yeah. So. So if, it, if it's offered, if it's offered, so, accept it. Take it, take it, please yeah. take it. If they want to help you, they want to make it as easy as possible. You're going through so much. You're going through. You're going through a massive change in your life. You're battling this thing head mm. on. Mm. If they're offering it, just take it. It might be the smallest thing. It might feel like. It's nothing, but just take it. If they're offering it, take it. It's I can't stress highly enough. Perfect. So, we'll leave yeah. it there. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, mate. Any time. No worries. Hello, folks. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of our podcast. Uh, before I go, could I please ask uh, just a couple of small favours? Number one, uh, we would very much, as we said at the start, love for you to review this podcast. And, of course, please share this podcast. Um, the reviews help us to uh, help other people to see what this podcast is about. And, of course, the sharing helps us to get our message out there. We don't have any money, so we're really relying on uh, social media to be able to spread this message. Uh, equally, if you listen to this podcast, now we do a warning at the start, but if you listen to this podcast and anything uh, triggered for you or it made you think about your own mental health or well-being or someone who you love's mental health or well-being, please uh, take steps to help to either manage that yourself or to support someone to manage their mental health. Uh, if you do feel like you are need to talk to somebody, uh, and you can't talk to friends or family, please go and see your GP. Or, of course, you can call Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Men's Line Australia on 1300 789978. Lifeline on 13 11 14. Or, of course, the Kids Helpline on 1800 551800. If you or someone that you love is in immediate danger, please call triple O. Uh, but at the very least, please um, find a way to manage your mental health and your mental health conditions. And please support the people that you love to manage their mental health and mental health conditions. And again, if something you've heard today triggers for you, please go and seek um, some support uh, immediately to manage your mental health condition, whether that's one of the helplines we just mentioned or the GP. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.